Well, now robots are all around us. They're in our pockets with our phones. Uh, their smart devices in our homes are all around us. So really learning about robots and doing things with them is really learning about the world around us. That's why robotics is such a great organizer for STEM. Uh, not only does it teach you about the world and allow you to solve those authentic real world challenges, uh, but it also allows you to really kind of hone into the technology and engineering part of it. So those two things kind of combine together. This whole idea of embedded systems, uh, that's what's really kind of driving our world nowadays. This is the Growing Up With Tech Show. I'm your host, Lowell Brown, and in each episode, we discuss topics related to the impact of technology on our kids as they grow up. When it comes to technology, there are so many ways it's a part of our everyday lives, from cybersecurity and social media to tech products and educational tools. Our kids have lots of exposure to tech. The challenge for us parents is in how we guide them as they experience, learn, and become creative with tech. We cover all that and more on the Growing Up With Tech Show. All right, today I've got another interview episode for you where I talk with Jason McKenna from Vex Robotics. Now, before we jump into the interview and the recording that I did with Jason, I wanted to let you know that I'm splitting this episode into two separate podcast episodes. The reason it got a little bit long, we had a great conversation and I thought, you know what? Let's try something new. Let's cut it up, put it into two episodes. So we're gonna get started right now. Stay tuned, make sure you download the next episode as we continue our discussion on Vax Robotics. Here we go. All right, here we go with another episode of the Growing Up With Tech podcast. I'm very excited for today's episode. We're going to be speaking with Jason McKenna from Vex Robotics. Um, I'm going to turn things over to Jason in a second, but I first wanted to just briefly talk about how I got introduced to Vex um, and, and what uh, I'm excited about. So first of all, I Vex, if you don't know, they're little robotics, little kind of building STEM sets. And, and Jason's going to go into all kinds of detail about it. Um, I first got introduced to them because we bought a couple of the pre-built sets. And there's these things that you've probably seen in toy stores where you can get these kind of pre created sets. So it's almost like a puzzle that you're building something and, and their motors and and uh, kids can can do different things with them. So I got a couple of those sets and my kids love them and they've been building with them. And um, actually what ended up happening is my younger son got into a robotics program and they use VEX to build stuff. And these are like those competitive robots. So we're gonna get into a lot more detail about all the things you can do with VEX. But right now I'm gonna turn things over to Jason. And Jason, thank you for joining me today. And I wanted to give you a chance to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about VEX and uh, how you got started and a little bit about the company. Sure. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Jason McKenna. I'm the director of uh, global educational strategy for VEX Robotics. I'm a former classroom teacher. I taught for 20 years at a small school right outside of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where um, our office is located here today. Um, I taught uh, fifth and sixth grade for about 16 years. Uh, the last couple of years that I taught, I was put in charge of our school's enrichment program. And as part of that enrichment program, uh, the students were involved in robotics. Uh, we're very near to Carnegie Mellon University, which is one of the premier robotics universities in the world. Uh, so through summer camps and things of that nature, a lot of the students were exposed to robotics and they wanted to continue to kind of do this in school. 
Um, I don't have any background in engineering. I don't have any background <laughs> in computer science or anything else like that. So uh, when the students first approached me uh, wanting to do robotics, I was obviously uh, fearful. I was nervous. I was like, what am I getting myself into? What are we doing? I don't know anything about robotics. I don't know anything about coding. You know, what are we actually going to do? So to try to get myself up to speed um, and essentially stay uh, you know, one day ahead of my students, um, I sought out the help of the Carnegie Mellon Robotics Academy. So uh, the Carnegie Mellon Robotics Academy, it was the educational outreach arm of the National Robotics Engineering Center, uh, which is a branch campus off of CMU. Um, so their job was to use robotics and STEM to try to get more students um, exposed to STEM education. And I went there, um, did some teach professional development and some things of that nature. Um, a spin-out company of the Robotics Academy um, was called Robomatter. So uh, CMU has this thing to this day, it's called the Tech Transfer Program. The idea behind it is there's all this great intellectual property that's being developed on campus by the professors every single day. But if, you know, if you're a professor at CMU, you might not know how to do marketing. Uh, you might not know how to do a business plan, do things of that nature. So they have this tech transfer program, uh, which allows you to take some of the intellectual uh, developments being done on campus and branch it off campus. And that's what we did at Robomatter. So uh, we created uh, robot C, which is the programming language in order to be able to actually code the robots. Um, we developed robot virtual world. We developed all kind of curriculum and things of that nature. So um, I started going there just to begin learning how to actually teach robotics. But uh, the more I became integrated in it, they asked me to start part-time to help develop curriculum and do things of that nature. Uh, going all the way back to 2016, I actually joined Robomatter full-time. And then in 2017, Robomatter was actually then purchased by Innovation First International, uh, which is the parent company of VEX Robotics. So story now takes us to VEX. Who is VEX? Well, uh, VEX, uh, kind of like how I got started in the classroom, VEX got started in Tony Norman's garage. Uh, Tony Norman and Bob Niblich are the co-founders of Innovation First, also the co-founders of VEX. Um, and both of them got started mentoring high school robotics teams. So just like your son, uh, you were mentioning getting involved in competitive robotics. That's how Tony and Bob first got started. They're very, they're both engineers. Uh, Bob's background is in mechanical engineering. Tony's background was in electrical engineering. Both of them dabble in each, so they're both brilliant guys. Um, but both of them were very passionate about engineering and very passionate about robotics. And they became very passionate about um, helping mentor these high school robotics teams, so much to the point where they decided to start a company, which became Vex Robotics. Uh, so from those very humble beginnings um, at VEX, we like to brag on ourselves and say that we're currently the world leaders in STEM education. Uh, the reason why we say that is because our solutions, our curriculum, our programming languages all around educational robotics are being used by tens of thousands of students all over the world every single day. Uh, we train thousands of teachers every single year, being a former classroom teacher myself and how I got started with the story I described a moment ago. It's one of the things I'm most proud of. Uh, and we also have the world's largest robotics competition. So, um, you know, dozens of countries every single year participate. Uh, you know, prior to the pandemic, they would all come to the United States and compete um, at, our, at our VEX Worlds competition. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so that, that's, how, that's how I got started. And that's how VEX got started. And that kind of takes us to where we are here today. That's awesome. So you touched a little bit upon a term that's used quite a lot, and I'm sure there are some listeners out there that may not know exactly what it means. Can you describe what STEM means? 
Yeah, so very simply, STEM, the acronym STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. Uh, what STEM means from a pedagogical perspective, from an actual teaching and learning perspective, is you're talking about the integration of those subjects together and really providing students with an opportunity to see what they are learning in each of those individual subjects, how they could be combined together and used to solve problems that are found in the real world. That's really what uh, we try to do in STEM education is to show students the connections between what they're learning in those classes and then show how they can, be, how they can use that learning, build connections amongst that learning to solve authentic real world problems and challenges, uh, which is why robotics is such a great organizer, such a great context for STEM. Uh, robots are ubiquitous. They're found all around us. So, you know, when you and I went to school, we both took um, high school biology or we took geology or something like that. And we were told that the reason why we took that course was to be able to learn about the world around us. Well, now robots are all around us. They're in our pockets with our phones. Uh, there are smart devices in our homes. They're all around us. So really learning about robots and doing things with them is really learning about the world around us. That's why robotics is such a great organizer for STEM. Uh, not only does it teach you about the world and allow you to solve those authentic real world challenges, uh, but it also allows you to really kind of hone into the technology and engineering part of it. So those two things kind of combine together, this whole idea of embedded systems, uh, that's what's really kind of driving our world nowadays. Again, thinking about smart homes, thinking about your refrigerator pinging you, telling that you need more milk, you know, send in your <laughs> smartphones, you could pick it up on your way home, uh, smart cars, smart devices, all of that. You know, that idea of embedded system of hardware and software working together, uh, that's where a lot, if not most of the innovation is happening in our world today. And that's what's really going on with it. Um, one more example of it, um, you know, we're really kind of, I, I like to say right now, this is really the, the STEM moment um, because of what's going on in the world with the pandemic. Uh, you know, the reason why that we were able to uh, create a vaccine so quickly for the pandemic, vaccines when we take five or six years to be able to get on the market, um, is really because of STEM. Uh, you know, when they were, they were able to map the genome uh, for the coronavirus as a result of artificial intelligence, then they were able to actually then go in and structure the proteins that they need in, in order to be able to create uh, the vaccine for it, again, as a result of computer modeling and artificial intelligence. So uh, these whole new fields like computational biology that didn't exist eight years ago, uh, that's what allowed us to be able to develop the vaccine so quickly and the actual engineering to get the vaccine into the arms of so many people so quickly. Um, all of that is STEM. Uh, so when you think about STEM, you're really thinking about the world around you. What we try to do from an educational perspective is try to expose students to that and show them how they can connect those subjects together to, again, solve these real world challenges. Very cool. Um, a question for you about the, the VEX products themselves. So there's a mm -hmm. whole slew of different products that I've seen, you know, in in the, the on the website people can go and, and see the different levels can you talk about um first of all i know that there's like four or five different ones so let's discuss them yep. but also let's give people a perspective who is this for what age should kids maybe start to be introduced to the um and and what does it go up to 
Sure. So great question. So we made, a, as, as a company about two years ago, we made a decision to begin building out what we now refer to as this VEX continuum. So we always had uh, robotics products for middle school and high school students because that's where the robotics competitions were normally done. So uh, VEX IQ for middle school and upper elementary, uh, and then the VEX Cortex and the VEX V5 systems for high school students. Um, Knowing based upon the research, unfortunately, students at a very young age form an opinion um, about their aptitude or their ability to do STEM or to do coding, uh, whether they view themselves as like an engineer or not. Uh, oftentimes, those opinions are formed by the time students are seven or eight years old. And what the research tells us is by the time they form that opinion, it becomes very, very difficult to change it. So we decided to go younger with our product lines with products like VEX123 and VEX Go. So uh, VEX123 is a computer science-oriented product designed to teach computer science to students as young as four years old, pre-readers, uh, so they can begin learning the basics of things like sequencing, selection, iteration. Uh, and then VEX Go is a plastic-based robotic system for students you know, in second or third grade that they can begin building, they can begin exploring, uh, they can begin exploring things like simple machines, uh, different things around forces and things of that nature, but then also code the robots and bringing that coding aspect into it also uh, for students at that very young age. Uh, and then each of those things build off of one another. So students in kindergarten can begin with VEX 1, 2, 3, then they can progress into VEX Go, then they can progress into VEX IQ, which is also a plastic-based system, but it's more parts, more sensors, more robust motors. And then they can get into the metal-based robotic system, uh, which is V5 in the high school. Uh, but it's important to keep in mind when you think about that progression, you know, as, as a former teacher, one of the very first things you realize is learning is very messy. You know, if learning always <laughs> happened in that straight linear line, that'd be fantastic, but it doesn't happen like that. Uh, students need, uh, sometimes need acceleration. Sometimes you have students that are reading four or five years above grade level. Uh, but in that same classroom, you can have a student that's reading two or three years below grade level. And you, it's your job as a teacher to be able to find the resources and the tools that you need to be able to reach each student at her, his, or her, his or her own individual instructional level. And that's really what this does. So if you do have students uh, that might not be able to uh, use a computer in an eighth grade classroom for whatever reason, they can use VEX123 and the touch commands on that robot in order to be able to learn computer science. Whereas if you have young students in middle school, let's say, that are really good at engineering and you want to introduce them to a metal-based robotic system, uh, you can go and you can do that. Uh, so just like you can provide remediation, acceleration, and all other courses, uh, we want to be able to provide that same thing for STEM. And that's what we've done by building out this VEX continuum. Awesome. And just touching upon the 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 first side of things that you said can, can start with kids as, as around the age of four kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like you said, if they can't read, how do they interact with it? Is it more with the shapes and the cause and effect of, of things? How do they get interested with it? Yeah, so with the VEX123 robot, uh, you can actually push the arrows on the robot to begin teaching it to do basic sequencing. So you can have your robot move through a maze. You can have the robot emit a sound. You can have the robot emit a color. Do all those different types of things just by interacting with the symbols on the top of the robot itself. So it allows, it allows a couple of different things. So if you think about teaching computer science at four and five years old, 
uh, there's oftentimes a couple different impediments. Number one, uh, it's very difficult to get those students to do what we're doing right now, uh, to sit behind a screen and to interact with it for this long of a period of time. You're a parent, so you know when kids are that young, they're <laughs> bouncing around, uh, they're active, they want to get up out of their seats. So uh, by forcing them to sit behind a computer screen, that really is not a, oftentimes a very good learning experience for them. Uh, they can't type. Right. So even if the kids knew how to spell and do those types of things, the story I tell all the time, well, my when I was doing that enrichment, you know, we had a limited budget at the schools. So I had three laptops that I would bring in and the kids used my laptops when they were learning coding. And the the password for all my laptops was McKenna, my last name. So for like my second graders, I spent the first 20 minutes getting to type in the password because <laughs> they can't type in McKenna. Right. So. So typing is a big problem if, if you're if you're if that's something that you need to do in order to be able to code. So being able to touch the screen of the robot itself, and we also developed this thing called a coder, which the students are given cards that have a word on it, like drive forward, but also an image. So if the students are pre-readers, oh, they can cool. just look at the image right. and they can sequence those cards together to have the robot do something. And they don't have to rely upon a keyboard or their or their typing skills to be able to do that. I spent more time teaching typing to my first, second, and third graders and actually spent teaching them coding or, or computer <laughs> science. And then lastly, like I just talked about, based upon your school budget, may not have a device. So if you're thinking about, you know, the term that's kind of in vogue now, this idea of physical computing. So allowing students to see an actual physical output of their coding, allowing them to interact with something, getting them out of their seats and being able to do that. Yeah, that's something that's very uh, desirable for a lot of teachers. But then in addition to that uh, physical device, now I need an iPad or I need an Android tablet or I need a laptop. I need something to pair with it uh, so that I can actually code it. Uh, with VEX123, you don't need that. You can just use a robot, just use the coder in order to be able to teach computer science uh, to your children. So um, it's a product that we've gotten a lot of really great feedback on. We're actually in the process right now of doing a study with it. Uh, we're working with a, with a PhD student uh, that we're actually testing the efficacy of it and seeing if we're actually able to reach a lot of these learning gains that we want to be able to do with it. Uh, so we're really excited about all that and really excited to be able to make an impact with students this young around computer science and STEM. That's really great. I, I have two, two questions. First of all, um, I saw one of the items that you mentioned about, you know, budgets and schools and things like that. Um, I saw that one of the products, and I don't remember which level it's at, it's called VR. And, and the concept is mm -hmm. that they don't necessarily have to have the robot. If they have mm -hmm. some way of coding, they can still build and interact and learn, but they don't actually have to have that physical robot. Can you talk about that? Which tool or, or when would that be an appropriate kind of um, device for kids. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So VEX could be our, that's actually a really interesting story. Um, so VEX is a, VEX has always been a product company uh, engineers, right? Making physical products, making these physical robots. Uh, that's how we grew into the large company that we are right now. Uh, as our history with RoboMatter, as I mentioned before, we had developed in the past, this robot virtual world, which is ideal of a virtual robot. So uh, you would need a physical robot in order to be able to teach coding things. They can be used to kind of supplement the physical robots in your classroom. So we kind of had that in our history. Um, well, then the pandemic hits, right? And literally millions of teachers around the world uh, go from teaching from their classroom to their living room. And right when we actually shut our office down here in March, our office here in Pittsburgh in March of 
Uh, that would have been what 2020. Yeah. Um, the main office right outside of Dallas did the same thing, and um, I was actually out walking my dog, and it was myself, uh, Tim Freeze, who's our vice president of educational technology, and Bob Mimlich, the CTO and co-founder of Vex. All three of us were on a phone call. We're like, "What are we going to do?" Um, you know, our we have a physical product in which students work together to build and code and do all this stuff, which you can't do during a pandemic, right. and everybody's home are... and none of the yeah and none of those schools are sending the robots home with the kids like what are we actually going to do here yeah. so we talked about robot virtual worlds um and tim who kind of led the development of that uh and the roadmap for days was basically like, you know that, that's an older code base uh it really only works on uh pc doesn't work on ipads or macs or anything else like that uh so let's start new and let's create Vexcode vr and kind of like when we did that again, as I'm walking my dog, kind of like the the guiding principles that we that we had behind that. What I said was, what schools are doing right now is they're giving their kids Chromebooks, um, cheap devices, so they can do the remote learning at home. So it has to be able to work on anything. So we can't have really really high end graphics that are going to make you have a of an expensive device with a graphics card or something like that. Has to be able to work on anything. Number two, Tim, Tim said this was, was Tim's big thing was um, it, you cannot have any type, we cannot be capturing any kind of student data uh, because if the students, first of all, if we're capturing data, that gets into all kind of privacy issues with school. That's the big thing with parents right now, obviously. And then secondarily, be, uh, a student login would require an administrator or a tech person from the school to give the parents or the kids administrative rights so they can log in and be able to do that which again, which was going on with the pandemic, um, wasn't really going to be effective. And then where Bob came in, Bob's big, big contribution, his big thing was obviously is he wanted this to be real learning. He didn't want to, he didn't want this to be a game, didn't want it to be a video game. He wanted students to actually be able to learn computer science and STEM uh, with what it was that we were doing. So from that conversation, I was out walking my dog in March. Uh, three weeks later, we launched Vexcode VR. So in wow. April, early April of 2020, we launched the, the, the MVP version of Vexcode VR and got it out the door. And we've had hundreds of additions to it since. We've added curriculum to it, uh, both in, in block-based program and also Python, all kinds of different activities with it, more playgrounds to it, things of that nature. Uh, but it's been massively successful. It's actually been more successful than we even imagined. Um, I just checked yesterday the stats on it. We're at just about 2.5 million users around the world um, have used Vexcode VR. Uh, it's being used in over 150 countries. Um, average use time for a student when they log in is about an hour and a half. So students aren't just going, that, that two and a half million users I talked about aren't just going in and spending, you know, 30 seconds on it and then going and doing something else. They're actually spending time on it um, and they're doing a lot of learning with it. Uh, now, what we've kind of learned with it as we've gone on and we've talked to teachers kind of like to your point, how, well, how do you use it, right? As we've kind of gone through and done that, what we have found out is Vexcode VR is a really, really great supplement to what you're actually trying to do with your physical robot. If you're trying to teach something like computer science uh, with a physical robot, the issue that you always have at the very beginning is taking students that are novices, that are just trying to learn the basics of coding, and asking them to troubleshoot if the robot doesn't do what you expect it to do. Is it a hardware issue or is it a right. software issue, right? So that's 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 an impediment to learning. Or the, the term that we use, the pedagogical term, is that's too much cognitive load. 
we want the students to be focused on the actual coding itself. So VexCode VR actually allows you to do that. It actually allows you to just focus on the coding itself. One of the reasons why it's been so successful successful is I can launch, you, you can, you're, 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 the viewers of this, the listeners can do it right now. They go to vr.vex.com. They can launch it. They can choose a playground and have a robot moving in about 15 seconds. So you get that immediate, yeah, you get that immediate positive feedback that actually made a robot move, right? So you're able to do that. But then as students become more um, advanced, you want to be able to introduce to them that complexity. You now, right. now you want them to answer, is it a software issue or is it a hardware issue? Going back to what I discussed at the very beginning, this idea of embedded systems, being able to troubleshoot those types of things is obviously a very valuable skill in today's economy. So we're able to forgive that to students when they're actually able to do it. And then you, you have this whole idea of computational thinking, right? This new concept in education that came out, Jeanette Wing, uh, when she was working for Microsoft, wrote that seminal article uh, about computational thinking, what it is. And one of the big ideas of computational thinking, really at its core, what it's talking about is this idea of abstraction, right? So I create a code, I create an algorithm, but it doesn't just solve this one problem. It can solve problems in all different types of domains or all different types of areas. So imagine creating a robot and using sensors on the robot to have your robot go through a maze. That's great, but now make that algorithm with computational thinking so it solves any maze. So you can now we we have a playground in Vexco VR. It's called the Dynamic Maze Challenge. You can actually every time it refresh, you get a new maze, you get a new layout. So right. now you have to create an algorithm that doesn't just solve one maze, but solves all the maze. But now take that one step further. Think of an algorithm that you can use that not just solves uh, a, the code for the physical robot but also for your virtual robot. Test it on your virtual robot and then take that code over and carry it over onto your physical robot. One of the very first questions that we got asked when we, I, I did a webinar when we launched VexCode VR um, was, can I take my code from my virtual robot and download it onto my physical oh, robot? Cool. Yeah. And the answer to that is no. And we did that on purpose. And the reason why we did that was because we want to be able to get students to that where they can actually do that computational thinking and think about the algorithm, not just solving um, a situation in one scenario, but being able to solve it in multiple scenarios. Right. So with, with this VR, is it just the coding side of things or do, do you actually kind of almost virtually like virtual Lego put put a robot, build a robot of a different kind, and then you get to code that as well. So we have, so with VexCode VR, you can like choose sensors and do things of that nature, which you want to do in the robot. But but we're firm believers, if you want to build a robot, that's when you use a physical robot. Cool. You know, so if you think about um, the advantages of VexCode VR, I, I just talked about, right, in that, you know, it allows you to learn computer science in this environment where you're just able to focus on the computer science. That's great, but that's not STEM, right? In STEM, what you're, you're, the big part of STEM is this idea of collaboration, being able to work in groups and teams and be able to do that type of things, being able to engage in things like the engineering design process as a team. That's when you can do that with the physical robot and be able to do that well and be able to collaborate and do those types of things. So, you know, we're, we're firm believers in that, you know, and we got that question a lot. Well, can I design my own robot? Can I design my own playground? We do that with the physical robot. You can make your own playground 
with a physical field. You can make your own playground with a physical robot. You can build your own robot there. And that's really, if, if, if you imagine a Venn diagram, right? You know, over here on the virtual side, you're able to really focus on the coding and the computer science, okay? Over here on the physical side, this is where we're really able to get the collaboration aspect of it and be able right. to do that. And then in the middle where they're both able to do the same thing is, 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 is learning the STEM, learning the computational thinking and doing all that. That's how they all work together very, very well. But what we don't want to do is, is do everything on the left-hand side of that Venn diagram and say, well, now you can do everything in a virtual environment because we feel like there's just things that you can do in a physical environment better. Cool. That's that's pretty neat. And in terms of the the building, the different kind of uh, tools that that there are, the 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 sets that you've talked about, um, yep. when kids get introduced to them, do you think it's more from the schools that are introducing and getting them interested in that, or are it is it tied in in your development of of the products? because there are the ones that you can get in store. So that was our, our entry was with yeah. those little play sets. So yeah. is that the mentality around this is get those out. So kids it's in kids hands to build things, to, to make a set. And that way they're getting interested in the concept of start with pieces, build something that does something that causes an effect that, you know, is that kind of the mentality of those products? So we're going to leave you there with a little bit of a cliffhanger right in the middle of the episode. I want you to stay tuned for the next episode where we continue with Jason McKenna of Vex Robotics and our discussion about robotics, kids, and education and creating passion in kids with robotics. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned. We've got about another 20, 25 minutes of um, a discussion and I think you're really going to like it. You're going to learn a little bit more about the whole um, range of VEX products and also the educational side, uh, supportive side behind it. So stay tuned as we continue this conversation in the next episode. I really do hope you enjoyed this um, segment of Growing Up With Tech. And again, uh, always welcome your comments, questions, and topic ideas, please send emails to mail at growingupwithtech.show. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could leave us a positive review and rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps this podcast grow and reach more people. So again, stay tuned. Coming up next week, another half episode of this um, Vex Robotics discussion, and we'll see you soon. Have a great day. Everyone.